Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. All right. Read a few scriptures here. I got to do this myself today, so I hope this works. If it's not right today, I have only myself to blame. So, um, some very familiar scriptures for us. <clears throat> kind of Philippians 4. Philippians probably is my favorite. One of It's probably my favorite book in the Bible. Because it's so positive. Paul teaching from the jail cell, writing this stuff. And this particular chapter, chapter 4, is so powerful. These verses of Scripture are so powerful. There's so much contained in these Scriptures themselves right here. Um, Paul said, verse 3, it's behind me. Uh, this is not on the papers you've given you. We'll, we'll hit that here in a second. But uh, Paul said, Philippians 4, 3, I and, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me, the gospel and with Clement, also with the others, my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life, and rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. That's a sermon all by itself right there. And then he goes on to say, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, this is where we're going to be jumping from today. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now, uh, and of course, let me, our theme verse, I got it up there too. The thief coming not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. I come to give that you may have life, that you may have it more abundantly. We are life class. I hope you're enjoying this format, what we've been doing. Uh, I'm trying to do better in my time, so we'll have more time to talk then. I'm going to endeavor to do better today with that. But um, as Christians, children of God, I think God wants us to do, to, be, to do more than just get by. And this is why we're doing this. He meant for us to live life more abundantly. I think my greatest failure as pastor here in 16 years is not doing enough teaching and interacting with some things. And this is why we're doing this. Um, I don't, I, won't, I don't want us to be ignorant. Uh, the Bible says don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. And the best way to be ignorant of the devil's devices is not use God's devices. He has given us plenty of stuff. He's given us the Spirit. He's given us the Word of God. And he's given us prayer. That's what we're going to talk about again today. We talked about it last week. But um, we talk about the lack of faithfulness is a huge factor to why many are not walking in the abundance of life in the things of God. It takes consistency. Consistency in God is probably one of the most number one elements to live a life in abundance as a child of God. I really feel like consistency is a very important missing element in the lives of so many that are children of God but yet they struggle. It's consistency. And a lack of faithfulness in those areas I talked about a few weeks ago, 
which I will give you to, to you once again, prayer, or spiritual diet. Unless we, hit a, unless we hit a snag here today, we're probably going to talk about the spiritual diet next week. Our worship, our integrity, tithes and offerings, church attendance, holiness. It's very important that we become consistent and faithful in these areas. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, 44 through 46. And I don't have these verses there on that paper. I'll tell you about this paper here in just a second. You can tell it's not, it's not, it's not something I made, but it's something I have taught from years and years ago. But um, Jesus said, Matthew 24, 40 through, 44 through 46, Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. You know what? He's fixing to come soon. Amen. If you're not stirred or shaken by what's going on in our world right now, we, we need to be. Um, we're on the brink of World War III, and it'll be like, it will not be like any war we've ever seen. Um, it will probably be nuclear, especially if Russia's involved. As the Bible tells that a third of mankind is going to be killed in Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 9. And um, no matter what your view is, whether you think Jesus is coming back before the tribulation, the middle of the tribulation, or after the tribulation, we're here. I hope he comes before. <laughs> I really do. Now, there's a lot of smart men that says he is, and I, I don't honestly, I'm so you're, I'm, it's too transparent, I guess, but I don't know for sure. I always felt more that it'd be after the tribulation, but I hope it's before, because it could be ugly. But with all that said, uh, said, "Son of man, come to hour, you think not." Verse twenty-five said, "Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his lord has made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is the servant whom his lord, when he cometh, shall find him doing." He's saying, "Look, you'll be blessed." If you're faithful in this time. So, in this unfaithful generation, God is looking for us to be those who's faithful people. And that faithfulness, um, and if, if we want to be the people of God who live in abundance of God, then faithfulness in all these areas I've just talked about, and there are some other areas, are so vitally important. Last week... Um, I talked to us about the basics behind prayer, which is basically is to get the reason we pray. I went through that. I'm not going to go through it all again. You can go back to the podcast if you wasn't here, if you want to go back and rehash it. Um, the purpose of prayer is to get God in our everyday lives by building a relationship with Him. God doesn't really get involved in our lives if we don't invite Him into our lives. And that's the whole part, that's the main foundation of prayer is we. The ultimate relationship, uh, ultimate is a relationship, is to have a relationship with God, and for us to understand that we are His sons and daughters. I don't want to just be an acquaintance of the Lord. I don't want to just be an acquaintance. Those who are an acquaintance with Jesus are going to stand before Him on Judgment Day and say, "But Lord, I knew You," but He's going to say, "Depart from me. I never knew You because there's no relationship." So today, the material that you have in front of you, uh, we're going to talk about this paper you have in front of you. Um, and you see it says it's 15 ways to make your prayer life more. This is by Charles Grisham. He is a pastor. Um, this material is something I found several years ago. It's prepared by the Apostolic Institute of Development Christian Information Network. And it was written by Pastor Charles Grisham. And... Today, we're going to talk about making your prayer life more meaningfully, okay? Better. Uh, 
in the storefront, I'm pretty sure it was when I'd done this several years ago, um, I went through this. I'm going to go through this again today because there's a lot of good stuff. And there's a lot of good stuff, period, to help you with a prayer. But this is something that can help us. Um, so we're going to go through it. Uh, you have it in front of you. And I'm going to say some of the stuff that's on there. And then I'll put my ad in there. And if you've got questions, comments, jot that down. Raise your hand now. Whatever. We'll, we'll get to it. So let's, let's talk about this. Number one, if... We're going to make our prayer life more. We have to make time for prayer. No ifs, ands, buts about it. So many um, people never learn how to pray because we don't make time for prayer. We have to find time to prayer. Um, actually, notice it says don't find time. You have to, you have to make time. We have to make time. If we try to find time, chances are we're probably never going to pray at all. So you find it, and I, I've been there. It's, just, it's on that paper. You, if you're reading along, I'm kind of hitting missing some of it. You find it one day, and then you lose it the next. And unless it's a habit, our prayer life will suffer greatly. So we have to make time. David said, um, Psalms 5 and 3 in the morning will I direct my prayer to thee, and will look up. Uh, David's solution here was consistent prayer habit. We develop a habit. You hate to think, oh, I don't want to make a habit of praying. But let me tell you what. We have to make a habit of prayer. I can't fathom. I've been there, but it's been so long. I've walked through the days and then realized at the end of the days, I forgot to pray today. If we'd be honest, everybody would say that. But, I'm just going to be real honest here today. I bet you there ain't hardly anybody in this place. At some point before the morning has gone too long, you ain't reached for that phone to look at it. Check your text messages. Why? It's a habit. So we have to make time. And you've got to carve that out. And unfortunately, a lot of times to be able to make time, we have to get something else out of the way. And that's the best way. To do it, you've got to schedule it in. Uh, if you're scheduled, not everybody's like this. If you're a scheduled person, you schedule your week out, um, your month out, take your day timer, your, your phone, whatever you do that stuff on, journal, paper, I don't care what it is. You write it down. I'm going to pray from this time to this time. Carve it out. Mark it in. For me, my best time to make time for prayer is the first thing in the morning. Now, you're not a morning person. I understand that. But sometime, if you're more, you know, we got a lot of people now that step all night long. Make time. Uh, if you found prayers better at night, turn your phone off a little early. Disengage from your phone. Disengage from, from video stuff. And that will help you make time for it because, you know, you're trying to, trying to pray and you get a text message. You either turn your phone off, turn your volume down. Something you like me, I got a watch. I can turn my volume down, but if my text message notifications come to my watch, so I put it on um, do not disturb mode, so I don't get nothing to it, and I won't know it'll come, but I don't see it. So, but David he learned that the value of systematic daily prayer habit. Don't try to find time. Make time for prayer daily. It's going to be the number one thing to help you have 
uh, more in our prayer life. Number one, make time to pray. All right, let me go on to the next thing. Find a quiet place for prayer. Um, to make our prayer life better, have your spot. Anybody got your spot at home? Do you pray? If you can't tell me you do, then you need to find one at home because it makes a big difference. I got a couple. I got three, dif, dif, three different places I like to pray at the house. When nobody's in there, I'll pray in my big chair by my fireplace. When people's in the house, I pray in, in my chair in my office. And when it's pretty, I go to the deck. I like to go to my deck and pray. And occasionally we'll go walking. But um, it makes a big difference when you've got that spot. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. Now, literally, some peoples went in and took an old closet and cleaned it out and made that their prayer closet. No doubt, most of you probably have seen, is that is it the name of the show, Prayer Room, or not Prayer Room, War Room, there you go. And she went in there and permeated that place with prayer. It makes a huge difference. And when, when Jesus was speaking, he was not just talking about an attitude in prayer, but a specific place for prayer. So if you have a place you can go in, you can feel comfortable, and uh, nobody's around you, it's quiet, it makes it a lot easier. Jesus had the garden of Gethsemane. These, these are on this paper. Daniel had a chamber. Isaac prayed in the fields. Habakkuk had a watchtower. And all of us should have a place that we can pray. Get up. Maybe it's an unroom. Maybe it's a bedroom. Or maybe it's clean out your closet. Find a place. Uh, you can get there and you can pray. Brother Terry Shock, he's a preacher I really like. He said this. If you can't tell me when and where you pray, most likely you do not pray. If you can't really tell me when and where you pray, uh, probably the better way to say it is like this, is you don't have a consistent prayer life. You've got to have a place that we can meet him and we regularly meet him in this place. All right. The next key to help us have a, a better prayer life and have more in our prayer life is to recognize God for what he is. All of our prayer, it should begin with making God who he is. Uh, as the paper says, the nature of God, because God's nature gives us confidence that our prayer will be answered. We, we recognize God's nature by praising. So one of the first things we do is we make time, we find a place, and then the first thing we need to do is Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We begin it with praise. Start your prayer always with praise. Every day, with that, when you pray, always start it with praise. It's so important because that puts him where he needs to be. And this model of prayer that the Lord gives us for, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. All prayer should begin and also end with praise. When you get done, start with praise. When you get done, praising. Prayer should begin and end. Prayer should begin and end every time with praise. Uh, it as Psalms 140, 104, is there at the bottom of that section. I don't have the verse, but it is the gate passed to heaven. It's praise. When we begin to praise, it makes a huge difference in a prayer. How, how much different would it be if your child comes to you and begins to say, Mom, Dad, I love you so much. You're, you're so great. You're so awesome. Can I borrow $5? <laughs> 
It makes a big difference, all right? Then just coming up and say, hey, give me $5. So we'd let him know how great he is. The fourth thing here, um, if you follow along the paper, that's going to be on the, you're going to flip it over. I do have this stuff on front and back. So um, thank God for what he has done, all right? I cannot stress this enough in prayer. Thank God for what he's done. Not only should prayer begin and end with praise, but it should be, all throughout our prayer, should be seasoned with thanksgiving. Praise, you see on the paper if you're following, is defined by adorning God for what he is. Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done. So we tell him, God, you're awesome, you're great, you're powerful, you made a beautiful day like this. It's cool today, but God, it's beautiful out there. Thank you, Lord. And then, then you start thinking, giving specifics, getting him specifics for what he's done. And if you can find something in your life to thank God for every day, it makes such a huge, huge difference. And as Paul suggested in our text that we had today, that he, he said, in all things... All things. Thank Him for everything. The good, the bad. And He said to the Philippian church, He said, prayer and supplication should be offered with thanksgiving. So He's saying when you pray and you're making your request of supplication, He said, do it with thanksgiving. Lord, I thank You for my car. I, it, it's not great, but Lord, I thank You for it. I thank You for my house. I, or if it is great, thank You, Lord, that You blessed me so much with this, you know. So when we pray, make, make mental lists of them things that God has done for you. And, and just go through and thank Him. Because uh, as you see at the bottom of that, on this number four, gratitude is a great atmosphere in which to petition the Father. When we have a grateful heart and we begin to thank Him for everything that we got, say, Lord, I do thank You for my car. I appreciate You for my car. But Lord... It's, it's getting old. I'd appreciate if you could help me find another car, make a way for me to get another vehicle. I appreciate my, my, my refrigerator that's 10 years old, Lord. I'm so thankful for it, but Lord, either keep your hand upon this refrigerator or, or Lord, make a way that I can get another refrigerator. And I, I'm not going to pick on you, Sister Heather. I've been sitting back there grimacing for a second. Her leg's been hurting. Lord, I thank you that I got two good legs. But one of them's not feeling very good, Lord. Could you help my leg feel a little better? <laughs> so it's an attitude. When we go in there, we can be grateful because if not, if not careful, especially in our hour we're living in, even in our prayers, we can be so ungrateful that all we do or all we are doing is asking, 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 and we're never thankful for what we got. And when we're thankful and we praise God and we have a, a, a grateful attitude, it makes a huge difference. So we we uh, make time. We find a place to pray. We praise the Lord. We we're very grateful. And then we we can number five here begin to confess our failures. None of us are perfect. And each time we pray, we need to find a place that we ask the Lord to forgive us, repent. The psalmist Psalm sixty six and eighteen said. If I required, regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. 
I interpret this verse like this. If I am willfully doing something that I know is sin, the Lord is not required to hear me. If I am actively sinning and I'm not asking God to forgive me. Okay, now we all have our struggles, all right? We all do things that, oh, God, forgive me, and then we struggle with it to get over it. But there's some that just continue to do sin. They know better, and they don't want to change. That's not a repentant heart. So we've got to say, Lord, forgive me. And it makes, us very, makes it very clear that those, that we do, those things that we don't ask God to forgive us, it, it blocks that channel between God and our prayer. And if we daily will have a habit of asking God to look at our lives, Lord, search me. If there's anything inside of me that I'm doing that I don't realize I'm doing, let me sit in the Word of God. Let pastor preach a sermon. Let the evangelist preach a sermon. Let somebody just text me and call me out because, listen, I don't want to go to hell. And it's very important that we confess because confession, repenting, is a precursor, a precondition, prerequisite to powerful praying. And the reason a lot of people does not have a powerful prayer life is because we don't have this habit or this, um, we don't make time to really ask God to forgive us. And it's a very important part of prayer is our time of self-examination. And we take time to confess and say, Lord, forgive me. Okay? Now, all these other things I'm, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about some other things as we go along in this life class about you know, how we deal with money, how we deal with worship, how we deal with our, with our own bodies and all this kind of stuff. All of that's irrelevant if we don't know how to pray, okay? You can tithe, you can give offerings, you can dress the part, look the part, you can be faithful in so many areas. But if we're not faithful to communicate with God, that's where we will find that place where we get to there and say, Oh, Lord, but I've done all this in your name. Don't you know me? Me and you never really had a relationship. And this is how it works. It comes through when we take this time and we do this stuff. And then the six, number six thing here, pray with God's word. You see on the paper, it says George Mueller, he was the great orphanage leader of the last century, was known for his uh, faith in God and his powerful prayer life. It said that he never prayed without an open Bible in front of him. Have you ever prayed with your Bible just open in front of you? It's awesome. It's powerful. Especially when you begin to pray the word of God powerful. Sometimes when you don't know what to pray, open the Word of God up. I've got a list of places in the back of my Bible, several places of prayer. Paul prayed for his church, and Jesus prayed, or Old Testament prayers, Psalm prayers, and I'll just open it up sometimes and just flip open to them, like something where you're struggling with something. You open up Psalms 51 and begin to pray, where David prayed after he had sinned with Bathsheba and, and, and Uriah was killed. And you can just begin to pray that prayer, let the tears run down your face, and apply that prayer to your life. And, um, but Mueller learned the power of God's word uh, that Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 23 and 29. It's not my word like a fire. He says, it's like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. He used, Mueller used God's word as a hammer in his prayer to break down Satan's strongholds. And praying with God's word is praying with power because there's power in God's word. It's so powerful. We can just take the word of God up out. And now, a lot of times, we'll read the Word of God. I'm, I need to do this more often. I've been hearing somebody talk about this a lot lately. When we're just reading the Word, read it out loud. Because 
The devil knows the word. He hates the word. But it's powerful. And we just begin to read the word out loud. Sometimes in your prayer time, just you're just struggling. You don't know what to do. Just open the word up and just begin to read it and say, God, I don't know what to say today. So I'm going to let this be my prayer. Now, it can't be a cop-out by no means. But, and then the seventh thing here is don't give up. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. We give up on prayer way too much. Uh, this example here, it's got talks about Jacob. He gives us a good example of, um, of one that said, I'm not going to give up. Genesis 32 and 26, he said, I will not let go of thee unless thou bless me. Have you ever found yourself in that place of prayer? Whether it be a, a single mile of time. I've came here by myself and prayed. When I felt like I need a word from God, I've laid in these floors, I've laid behind this pulpit, I've walked these aisles, and I've said, God, I need an answer today. I've stayed here till I got the answer. And there's been other times I've came here and I've prayed and I didn't get the answer, but I didn't stop praying. I just kept praying. You cannot give up. Just like Daniel, what if he gave up on the 20th day of his prayer? But on the 21st day, what happened? Michael or Gabriel showed up. One of the angels showed up and said, hey, we heard your prayer the first time. But Satan entered. Sometimes when we're praying, the reason the prayer is not necessarily answered is because of timing and pyres of hell that's fighting. And we've got to be persistent. And persistence is a prerequisite to spiritual power in our life. We cannot give up. Don't stop praying for your children. Don't stop praying for our church. Don't stop praying for our city. Let's not stop praying. The psalmist said in Psalm 57 and 7, My heart is fixed, O God, my heart's fixed. We do everything we can to strengthen our prayer life. If I'm not mistaken, it, um, on that paper it's got some books that I'm not real familiar with about, about prayer. But find some prayer books and read them. Sister Joy Haney's got a good book, When You Pray. Uh, Brother Ken Gurley's got a good book that I just read here all back about prayer. It's very, very good. Um, Brother Anthony Mangan just finished his pr uh, book, and I read it through last year, um, Praying Through the Tabernacle. It's that thing that, that uh, I taught to us about praying through the tabernacle. There's a lot of good, powerful books about prayer. I'm in the middle of reading a book right now. It's about prayer and fasting by... Brother Josh Herring, I, I should finish up this week, and it's, it's called Fast Forward. It's such a powerful book. So do whatever you can to strengthen your prayer by reading things that encourage you to keep praying. So let me go on to the next one. Meditate in God's presence. It's very important that when we're praying to stop and just listen. Meditate about the Word. Meditate about a sermon. Meditate about a good conversation that we had. Meditating, it is a very important part of, of uh, our prayer. The Psalms begins with a statement, Psalms 1, 1 through 2, Blessed is a man that delights in the law of the Lord, and the law doth he meditate day, day and night. We just meditate, think about the word, think about how we can apply it to our life, think about where it applies in our world. Uh, the only verse in the Bible that mentions success is a command to the meditate day and night on God's word found in Joshua 1 and 8. And it says, 
The book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Take about five minutes of our daily prayer and just think about what God has for us for the day or at the nighttime, whichever, and just meditate and think about it. It can give us a whole different perspective on our day when we just meditate. Okay, God, how can your word apply to my life to help somebody today? All right? This sounds very practical, but it's, this stuff is powerful. It will help you very much. Uh, number nine, um, sing a new song. Uh, sometimes if you're struggling through your prayer, sing. Sing your prayer. I mean, those Brother Ross Burns. Anybody know Brother Ross Burns? He was going through a, a bad time in his marriage. Um, and his wife at that time, they were separated. It was tough. And Brother Ross would go to the prayer room. Brother Ross cannot sing, okay? If you've ever heard Brother Ross, he can't sing. But when we went to the prayer room and saw Bethlehem, it didn't matter to him. He didn't know how to get it out. He began to sing his prayer. People got so aggravated at him. But since then, him and his wife got, got themselves back together. They had two more children since that time. Brother Ross is a big part of their church down there now. And sometimes uh, you just got to sing your way through it, okay? And the Bible, we see singing so important in worship. We Paul and Silas, this, I'm kind of paraphrasing a lot of this stuff that's on here. We see Paul and Silas in the jail. And at midnight, they begin to what? Anybody know what they begin to do? They begin to sing and pray. We don't know what they were singing. We have no idea, but we know they didn't open up the hymnal. hymnal. It was something they had rehearsed in their heart or something they made up right at that moment. Sometimes if, if you're just feeling like, oh, I just can't get through this, just go Drive down the road and just begin to sing a song. Nobody's around. It don't make it don't matter. Make a joyful noise in the Lord. The Lord's going to hear it. Uh, the psalmist spoke about singing a new song. And if we're by ourselves. It doesn't matter. Just, just make up choruses. Uh, God will love it, and He'll enjoy it. Okay, it, it it makes a difference. I've done it many times, and then get to laughing at myself <laughs> and like. Thank you, Lord. You got me through that one. All right? This is an important part of prayer and making your prayer better. It's 10. Pray for other people. These next three points here uh, is going to be concerning intercessor prayer, which is prayer that we pray for other people on behalf of other people. Every prayer time, we should have a time that we not only pray for ourselves, but we pray for other people. We see Jesus' prayer model. It, it begins. It does not begin with my Father. It says our Father. Not once did the prayer that he give us emphasize the pronouns I, me, or my. Jesus' prayer says give us, lead us, forgive us, our Father. And we see the emphasis basically is to let us know it's not all about you. He's not just your Father. He's our Father. And he's letting us know the importance how when you're going to pray, don't let it all be about you. It's so important if you want to enhance your prayer life. You think about what you've been praying. If you've only been praying for yourself, that's one reason you may be struggling with living an abundant life. Okay? And, and, and I, I want to say this before I go any farther. I'll be, I'm about done. We're almost to the end of this. But um, 
I think it's very important that we understand living an abundant life doesn't mean that your life is going to be perfect. It means that you'll have peace. It goes, it goes back to uh, my, my text here today. If you look at it here behind me, it said, the very last verse, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This is the purpose of abundant life. It's not that you could have a new car, all stuff. It's that you could be happy. Despite what you're going through, you're happy and you're enjoying life. And this is the purpose of prayer because we get our vertical relationship with God right. It makes our horizontal relationships with everybody else right, okay? And, and also in our prayer time, let's pray for world evangelism. I'm, I'm going to paraphrase or just, I'm not going to, just, we need to make time to pray for the billions of people in this world, almost 8 billion people in this world. And not everybody's heard Jesus. Not everybody's heard uh, Jesus' name, apostolic message, of, and one is being baptized in Jesus' name. And they need us to pray for them. We support some countries um, with um, our missions as far as financially, but we can pray, okay? Have focused prayer. That's the next thing, 12 on this. Our intercessor prayer should be focused on every nation of the world. David said, Psalms 59 and 5, Thou therefore, O Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, awake to visit all the heathen. You can go to UPCI Foreign Missions Division page, and it has a map of the world. Um, this article, it recommends you divide 210 countries into seven groups, 30 country, uh, countries praying for them once. One of these groups each day of the week. Every week you will be able to visit the entire world country by country in prayer if you've done that. Okay, that's on that paper. That's that's unique. I don't do that. I should do that more. I pray for our missionaries and I pray for missions around the world. But we need to do that more because uh, the world and other places right now, Ukraine, Russia, we need to be praying for them. All right. And 13, plan your prayer time. Okay, so develop a plan of attack before going into prayer closet. Keep a prayer list. I've got one on my phone. I've got, I've got some on paper. I've got some in journals. And to help uh, pray, it, it helps if we can pray systematic in a systematic way. We think, well, I shouldn't have to do that. But um, my lovely bride going there in the office, if we don't plan dates in our life, we don't have dates. We don't have enough dates right now to help our relationship. But we have more than we used to because we plan them. So plan your attack. Plan your prayers, okay? Because daily, find a place to pray, but also strategically have times. Oh, this, I have more time on Saturday because I'm off, so I'm going to pray for the world. I have more time on this day, so I'm going to pray for this, okay? And 14 here, learn to fast and pray. Fasting, we know what it is. It's, it's not eating. It's to deliberately not eat. One writer said, All men who have had spiritual power to prevail with God and man have been men who learned to sternly deny themselves and keep their bodies under. And I, I think feel, feel like it's something missing there, but it's under subjection. So um, Jesus made it very clear that some things only come out by prayer and fasting. So if you don't fast, I, I challenge you to fast one meal per week or even an entire day. I've done this for years. And that day, try to pray more. And, and during those times, have intense prayer for evangelism, our city, our nation, 
Um, of course, this is I'm talking about China, but right now there's so many things. And then here's the last thing is find a prayer partner. Jesus taught that praying with others increases our prayer. Matthew 18, 19 said, If two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Jesus made it very clear that when we have two people to agree on something, it makes it much more powerful. And it needs to be somebody that you don't gossip with. Because a lot of times we have a prayer partner turned into a gossip partner. We don't need that. We need a prayer partner. Somebody we can join together with. Somebody you got confidence in. Somebody you can get a hold of them and say, look, I need an answer. And my suggestion, your prayer partner needs somebody that you're close enough to that they can say, you're wrong. <laughs> okay? It needs to be that person that can say, you're wrong, and you can take it. I need that in my life. I have had that in my life. So um, I'm going to end this today with this quote. It's not on your paper. But I found that I thought it was really powerful for this today. Sidney Jacobs said, Prayer ushers in order out of chaos, pulls peace out of confusion and destruction, and brings joy in the midst of sorrow. It takes what Satan meant for evil and brings us good. That is what prayer is. In this paper today, I've, I've been feeling like ever since I thought about doing this on prayer, I remember doing this. I actually remember Brother David made a mention of it years ago on the storefront after, we got, after I got into teaching. He said, Brother, that was good. That helped. And, it, and this is just some simple basic stuff, okay? So, um, with all that said, anybody got any comments on any of this, on prayer? Because you know, this, this is my intentions. Unless somebody is wanting something more with this study on prayer, if something else you want to know about prayer, I'm going to move on. But if you give me something else, maybe whether it's not openly, if you give me a piece of paper and write it down, if there's something else you want to talk about with prayer, let me know. Or I'm going to move on to the next subject that I have here with this. So anybody got any thoughts, comments, or whatever?